0: So welcome back to another wonderful ESL podcast, man. I'm your host, as usual. And today, we're going to be getting into units three and four. We're going to be listening to Nick Pol- Polzone again of IPS Financial Solutions. We're going to be listening to Sachin Vecaria. He works for Crowd with US. And of course, George Tooley. He works with, of course, the Burlington Wealth Management. So today, we have a lot in terms of investments. But before we even dive into that, here we go. What are the positives and negatives of diversification? You know, I don't really know what the negatives is with diversification, but from a solopreneur perspective, after what has happened over probably the last couple of uh, probably the last couple of months if not the last couple of weeks especially, I realized that having diversification is absolutely crucial. So what do I mean by that? Well, again, it's not so much about having different products that cater to different people. It's the fact that you, I am going into specific niche markets where people can use my services to help better their services. And after they see that, they're like, hey, do you have general English classes too? So if we look, for instance, today that I actually you know, it was during, well, one of the big storms, it was a big storm that was emerging here in Bangkok. I was sitting on my couch, getting ready to go over to the mall. And I realized, you know what? Let me fully utilize this website, this little online shopping store where I can host my courses and my memberships and try webinars, and I did. And then I did a free webinar, I had about five signups. It was, uh, I think it was um, uh, India, Taiwan, Thailand. I forgot what it was. It was about five people. Right. And I'm like, you know what, this is going to work. But not only that, I realized that those courses and me building the course that it would pay off because then shortly after I had a wonderful IT tech from Mexico that bought my course. And I said, okay. And then after that, she said, Hey, okay. So you have this course. Okay. I need the written expression course too. Okay. I need this. And you know, after that, uh, you know, do, do you teach general English too? And I'm like, well, that's very interesting. Then I had another wonderful girl by the name of Amanda. Big shout out to you, a chemist from Brazil. And she was like, Hey, you know, um, you know, I'm learning to fly TP. Thank you so much. I learned a lot from your YouTube. And then she's like, Okay, I need IELTS, but I need a speaking class. Do you have speaking classes? You know, what 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 do you what do you offer? And I'm like, dude, this all comes from not the hosting platforms, such as like Instagram and YouTube, but the fact that TOEFL ITP was the main pusher in that. So because of TOEFL ITP, because I have these different things that are located on YouTube, people are following me to IG and it's not only that they're interested in just TOEFL ITP, they're interested in much more. That's diversification in terms of a solopreneur. See, if I had only coaching hours, which I did last year, there's not much diversification with this or with that, right? But now that I have webinars and they're very cheap and I have Obviously, the memberships that offer so much, and then I have the coaching hours on top of that, and I have classes too. This gives me four things versus just having one thing last year, and I realize that I now have assets. So, in terms of that, I believe that the positives in terms of diversification, if we're talking from a money perspective, absolutely, especially from my perspective, you look at my life and you look at what I've been able to accomplish over the last year. You know, I realized don't put all my eggs in one basket. So what does this mean? Well, at the beginning of this last year, my main, you know, the couple of jobs that I was actually working at, they did not want to adapt to the shutdowns. And because they didn't adapt to the shutdowns, what ended up happening was they left me out in the cold and I didn't have any money coming in. I remember, I think uh, the month of April, I had no money the month of May, I had just a little bit. And I'm like, dude, this is getting, what am I supposed to do? So I had to bet on me. I had to create my own online store. So by the time the second one rolled around in January for one month, I was well prepared because I had a client. I had only one client at that time, an international school student here in Bangkok. And by the time the second one came around, the business had shut down, the business where I did training at They were one of the big breadwinners. It wasn't, so I was actually happy that I didn't have to go to work, like the tutorial center, especially on Saturdays and dealing with those kids and being being very bored on the job, you know? But when everything shut down, I was like, oh my God, but I didn't act reactively. I asked myself, what is trying to emerge right now? I need to start building assets because this market is not my market and this is not a good market. Although, that proved to be wrong over the next couple of months because I ended up hitting uh, you, know, you know, hitting my goal marks in terms of my finances for the month of April and the month of May. But it still wasn't going into the asset column. This was still going into the whole income statement, right? Online teaching, that's income statement. I'm substituting time with money. But when I started building those assets, those courses, I said, oh, here we go. And when someone finally bought, I said, that is a royalty. That's an asset. That's what I was doing for other people last year. They were going to start selling courses online. And I never for one second said, let me try selling courses online. So I'm talking from a money perspective, like diversification. I'm going to give you an idiom real quick, okay? Put in all your eggs in one basket, Now, if you put all your eggs in one basket, what does that mean? That means all your choices, all your money goes into one basket. Last year, when the COVID shutdowns happened in America, the majority of Americans were screwed. They didn't know what to do. Suicide was high. Everything was happening, especially in Japan. I think it was August to September of last year. Why? They put all their eggs in one basket. They have one income flow, one income statement. And that's the big problem. So I'm very lucky that COVID happened at a time where I was starting to build up different markets and I was starting to emerge into different markets. Um, Because I didn't put all my eggs into just this one source of income because I know that they wouldn't look out for me nor do they even pay me, right? Uh, They don't pay me as much. And so making that wage and that same wage over the last seven years, I'm like, no, I deserve a hell of a lot more. I am not doing this wage anymore, goodbye. Now that I'm doing a completely different way of, you know, uh, you know, I'm approaching this a completely different way. Now I'm really excited because now I see with diversification, if two things drop, such as what happened in April, the company dropped, the main job dropped, and I said, oh my God. But then started grading thesis, had another private student pay, The month of May, I had two big, massive paydays. And then finally, royalties and assets started accumulating for the first time in my life at the beginning of the month of June. Do you guys see what I'm saying? So in saying that, now we're gonna listen to these three. You're going to obviously listen. I'm gonna dissect some of these things. And um, yeah, and then we're gonna go from there. So again, in saying that, here we go. I think we got uh, Nick coming up right now. So without further ado... Let's
1: dive in. A diversified portfolio uh, does it exactly what it says on the tin. It will give you a wide range of assets, cash, stocks and shares, bonds,
0: so uh, Sorry, guys.
1: property, currencies, commodities, um and the idea is i'm that, gonna play uh, that
0: one more time okay what different types of investment would you recommend a
1: diversified portfolio uh, does it exactly what it says on the tin it will give you a wide range of assets cash stocks and shares otherwise known as equities bonds uh property currencies commodities um and the idea is that um because it's diversified when one's going down the, another is going up it's good to have a diversified portfolio because it just you're not putting all your eggs in one basket um, mm. but how much and how you apportion those out is all depending on your risk profile the more risky um, and the more returns you want then uh, probably best to put them in things which you've got a greater chance of uh, increasing which um, is basically uh, linked to volatility of those uh, if you just want a steady steady returns Um, then, you know, things like bonds are very good for that.
0: Mm, Okay, tell us about how investment decisions might be affected by interest interest
1: rates uh, going up from an investment perspective is quite straightforward. Um, It's good if you've got cash on deposit in a bank and you're relying on the interest uh, to sustain your lifestyle. Uh, Having said that, if you have a property portfolio with variable rates, uh, interest rates going up mean that you'll be making less profit month to month because your mortgage interest payments to the bank would have gone up. Um, And uh, our job as financial advisors and uh, property advisors will be to um, uh, adjust portfolios to take advantage of higher interest rates. It may well be that uh, you, you would reduce your exposure to variable rate mortgages in the property market um, and you might increase uh, your cash deposits if rates go to a favorable level.
0: Uh, what are the advantages of using a broker rather than selecting uh, Using a broker own?
1: or selecting your own investments, I would obviously advocate using a broker. Uh, uh, generally, they're very experienced, they um, have various financial uh, qualifications which are Um, demanded by uh, their regulator, and they are regulated, uh, therefore the investor has a certain amount of protection. Um, But they also have um, some analytical tools that will help the investor make a decision. Um, In some instances they can get access to investments that are not available to the retail public, and they could be investments that are... Good, perfor- well, good performers or very low cost investments. Therefore the cost of the broker is sometimes minimised. The advantage of using a broker rather than selecting your own investment is that a broker should usually have access to products and providers that you may not normally have. Therefore they can um, give to you a wider range of options when it comes to your investment. Um, Also, they should have some degree of uh, expertise in maybe the investments as well, so they can give you some sort of guidance.
0: All right, tell us what you think makes a good broker.
1: A good broker is someone that is honest, obviously, someone that has regular contact with their clients, and I would say treats their client money as if it's his own. I I think a good broker, understands a client situation very quickly, can do all the mathematical, analytical stuff. But I think the most important thing is to be understanding and empathize with the client's needs and circumstances in order to get them to their goal and help them to understand um, what, what their goal is and uh, manage their expectations.
0: Ah, so it's all about management and the management of expectations. So people in saying that again like it's very difficult to to know from a completely you know from a teacher perspective or from a perspective saying is this guy really looking at like the best interest of me is he really doing it for me or is he doing it for the sake of him this is one of the critical things that a lot of people ask themselves in terms of brokers and other people because you don't really know if they're going to do it for you. You don't know if they're taking any money or this or that. Again, yes, I was in Bank of America four years ago. I was talking to one of the people at Merrill's Hodge on this amazing video chat call before he cut me off and said, if you don't work for here for at least six months within the United States, you're not gonna be able to have a mutual fund. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever. But nonetheless, I learned a lot, right? I learned that, okay, if I have to stay in a specific area in order to make money, maybe I don't need mutual funds. Maybe I should start going back into real estate and see what I can do in terms of that. So again, if you look at it out here in Thailand, they have places called mansions and these mansions are apartment blocks and people move in. And if you look at it, whoever that owner is and they're receiving that money, if they keep everything in tip top shape and they have announcements and they talk to people and they're very good and they have excellent customer service, he's gonna be able to build more uh, apartment blocks. And I'm giving you this reason, uh, this discussion, because it's all about trust. And if you don't trust the owner, or if you don't trust the people, I don't trust this place, and I don't trust the condo I'm working at, or I don't trust my job, it's very hard to maintain that relationship. So when it comes to a broker, are they doing it for you is the big key. And so again, you guys already know how I feel. The passive income, building your assets so that you have those assets forever. That's the critical component, you know, but at the same time, if you're one of those people who work in the corporate world and you're looking to save and all that stuff and stocks and bonds, and need to see a broker, got to make sure you go to someone who is highly recommended, not just Uh, not just someone who believes they know what they're doing. So in saying that, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another wonderful investment podcast. I'm your host as always. Stay tuned for more over and out.